You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Astro Line. Astro Line. Astro Line. Carbach Brewing Company presents Sports Talk 790 Astro Line. Astro Line. The official off-season show of Astros baseball. This is where we talk about your Astros. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline. That ball is gone. See you later. Live from Plucker's Wing Bar on Shepherd. Sports Talk 790 Astroline starts now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our first Astro Line of the 2018-19 offseason. We are live and direct from Pluckers right here on Shepherd, 1400 Shepherd, if you're in the area and have an opportunity to swing by. Todd Callis, Jeff Blum, Jeff Luno in the house tonight. Blummer, how you doing? It's been a while since we've uh, done something on broadcast style. It has been a while, and it feels good to have the headset back on. It feels good to be back around the fans that have showed up here at Pluckers. It's always good, but I just love the fact that we are we are opening Astroline. The TV guys are carrying the radio torch and giving those guys a little extra time off because, you know, they're preparing for spring training, that extensive work they do, but we get an opportunity to really open this thing up, and we got a great guest today. TV guys taking over the radio for a little <laughs> while. like it. Uh, this is the official kickoff to the hot stove season of the Houston Astros, and tonight and every night on Astro Line, presented by Carbach Brewing Company. And as we said, we are here, here at Pluckers. Uh, Blummer, myself, we're just so pleased to have as our first guest of the Astro Line offseason, uh, the president of baseball operations and general manager of the Houston Astros, and uh, this is going to be what season eight coming up? It is. It, time flies, boy. Time, <laughs> time I remember flies. Remember the first one in 2012 with Milo. <laughs> time flies when you win a championship. Yeah, things have changed yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And three out of four postseasons. And everybody, Jeff Luno in the house tonight. Thank you very much for Thank being you. here. Um, the architect. The architect of the 2017 World Champions in the eighth year, as you said. Time flies. Off-season 2018 into 19, how's it been so far? Do you feel like things are really starting to ramp up right now? Well, it's hard to tell how quickly things are going to move. Last year, it seemed like it took a long time for the big pieces to go off the board and then everything, all the trickle-down effect of that. You know, I have a feeling it's going to be a while before everything is settled, and I think one of the things that's hard for fans to do is to be patient during this time of year. You want to know what you're going to get for Christmas, what the team's going to look like next year. Um, and you want to know it November 1st, and, and if not, certainly by December 1st. The reality is, you know, an offseason is judged by the team, the 25 men that take the field in early April. And really, quite frankly, not until a couple months after that. And, you know, last year we didn't get the Garrett Cole deal done until January. There's times we haven't done deals until February. Uh, we're going to be patient because we have a really good team. We've got Altuve, we've got Correa, we've got Springer, we've got Bregman, we've got Yuli, we've got Reddick. We've got a lot of guys that are we know are good players. We've got Verlander and Cole at the top for rotation. We've got McHugh. We've got Osuna. We've got all of our relievers. Um, so there's no screaming need that if we don't get it done, we're going to have a bad team. We're the favorites to, re to win our division again for the third oh, yeah. year in a row. And, and Seattle seems to be sort of unwinding maybe a little bit, which opens up a few more 
opportunities for us. Oakland looks like they're going to be tough. I'm sure the Angels will do some things, but you know, not that we're not going to try and make this team better because we are, but we're certainly not going to panic and, and overpay for something early in the offseason just to satisfy the curiosity and the demands of the fans and the media. Not to disappoint you guys, <laughs> but we'll, we'll be there. This, uh, by, by April 1st or whenever opening day is, I think in March sometime, we will have a, a, a terrific 25-man roster and we'll be ready to defend our title. You mentioned so many things that triggered questions. I'm just going to start with the fact that you mentioned Christmas. What's on your wish list for this team in the offseason? Well, to get better. And really, that can come in so many different forms. Uh, we talk about our top two starters. We talk about McHugh going back in the rotation. We know we've got Josh James and Framber Valdez. And then it begin, becomes a long list of minor league players like Whitley and Martin and Armenteros. And the list goes on. Guys that can contribute to our team, CNL Perez. Uh, but... Would we like to have a third starter behind those two horses that we can plug in and know is going to give us, you know, 150 to 200 quality innings and, and maybe 15 to 18 wins? Absolutely. We know Colin McHugh can do that. He gave us 19 a few years back. Uh, but someone to add to that so that we don't put so much pressure on our young pitchers at the back end of the rotation? Yeah. So that would probably be number one. Number two would be a, a catcher to add to our inventory. We've got three good major league experienced or major league ready catchers in Herman and, and Stubbs and Stassi. Uh, but somebody in, in addition to that group that can help us out this year, that's, that's another priority. So I'd say those, those are the two main things that we're looking for right now. And in order to figure out what you need for the upcoming season, you've got to look back a little bit and see what happened at the end of 2018. Tell me a little bit about some of the injury updates on guys that you had, because I personally, having been around the team as close as I was, I had no idea what kind of pain these guys were playing through towards the end. Well, we knew, and you know, within 24 hours of the last pitch, uh, we had a couple of players that were either already having surgery or had surgery or planning to have surgery. That so, was amazing. You know, these guys were operating on fumes, but I give them so much credit. Whether it was Correa with his issues and Altuve with his knees, and 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 you know, our catching crew, uh, McCullers with his arm, these guys were playing through a lot of pain and discomfort. Uh, but they kept their eyes focused on the prize, which was getting back to the World Series. And and boy, a couple different plays, a couple of rolls of the dice, different way, we, we would have been there again. And, you know, to get to the final four is amazing. Uh, it always feels bittersweet when you're not in the final two or the final one. But uh, what a great accomplishment for those guys, especially given how banged up we were at the end of the year. Um, absolutely. And the roster shifts a little bit after the World Series and you lose some free agents. You did make the qualifying offer to Dallas Keuchel. Could you explain what that situation is and how it unfolded? And now Dallas Keuchel not taking that qualifying offer what does that mean for the ball club? Because I believe it's a compensation pick, right? Sure. And, and the reality is, you know, we'd love to have Dallas back. We made him a, an offer, a one-year offer. You have to make it a certain amount uh, to, to meet the qualifying offer requirements. And, you know, we weren't expecting him to take it because he's earned the right to go out in free agency and explore his market. And his market is definitely multi-year and, and probably pretty big. Um, and so he's going to have that opportunity. Um, if he signs with another club, depending upon how much he signs for, we will receive a pick. Uh, probably after the second round, and it'll be a nice draft pick compensation for us. But would we rather have Dallas back than a draft pick uh, all day long? Uh, <laughs> but we're now in competition with 29 other clubs as opposed to you yep. know, being the guy that drafted them. When you mention all the candidates for a potential rotation for next year, other than Fromber Valdez, they're all right-handed. Yeah. If you go out and acquire a pitcher, is handedness important, or are you okay with five righty starters in your rotation? Well, I'd say CNL Perez also left-handed no, and, and a starter, yeah. so we have two guys there. But uh, the reality is handedness only matters in as much as that's a quality pitcher. We, we think about this in the bullpen and the rotation. You know, it was nice having Dallas in our rotation from the left side, but 
really we want guys that can get outs. And they, it doesn't matter if they're a quality starting pitcher, they're going to get outs, righties or lefties. And same thing in our bullpen. We've got weapons in our bullpen, uh, whether it's Presley uh, with his weapons or uh, Will Harris or, or Davinsky, other guys that can get lefties out and have proven it their whole career. So we're not going to prioritize handedness. That being said, if we can find a good lefty in the bullpen and or in the rotation, um, probably tie goes to the, to the lefties because we are pretty right-handed. When you look at what a Forrest Whitley did in the Arizona Fall League, is that something you expected, or did he actually move up on the radar a little quicker based on what happened there? Well, it was nice to get him innings because he missed a lot of innings throughout the year, first with the suspension, then the injury. So we wanted him to be at a high level of competition getting quality innings. Uh, he, you know, the Arizona Fall League is, has a lot of good hitters. Typically, teams send their best hitters there, and they don't send their best pitchers because they've been playing all year. Uh, but the reality is uh, he dominated that league, and so did Bukaskis, and, and so did uh, Thornton and the rest of the guys we sent. Um, and it's good to see. We sent a good crop of pitchers. They dominated, and that means that they're ready for AAA and the big leagues pretty soon, which is exciting because Forrest Whitley's one of the top prospects in baseball, if, need, if not the top prospect. Yeah, the stuff is absolutely electric from Forrest Whitley. If there is a concern, the only thing I saw in his numbers, he hasn't thrown over 100 innings right. in a minor league season yet. Is that a concern for you guys? No, and, and you're looking at the numbers in game competition. You know, last year between the suspension and his rehab time and all of that, he actually put together a lot more uh, time on the mound than it would appear. Um, he's a horse. You look at this guy, you talk oh, to him. he's a big boy. Um, you know, he's got some Nolan Ryan in him, some Roger Clemens in him. He just wants the ball. He wants to throw it. And he's one of those guys that, you know, 200 is going to be easy for him once he gets going. So I have a feeling that's not going to be an issue. We need to keep him healthy. We're obviously going to be very careful with him, but... You know, I think this year we're going to manage his schedule and his workload such that he could be available in September and October here in Houston. I like it. And Whitley obviously taking a lot of the, the, a lot of the headlines as far as prospects are concerned. But Bukowskis yeah. kind of jumped onto the scene, stole a little bit of his thunder. Give us an idea of what he brings to the table. We know he's high octane. Yeah. But what else is going on with Bukowskis that we should look for? Well, the first thing is people are starting to learn how to pronounce his name. So <laughs> Trust not, me, I had to ask right before the show <laughs> to figure it out. So not everybody calls him JVV like I do, but... Uh, he had a tremendous fall league and really a good year, too. He throws in the high 90s. He's got a full arsenal of pitches. A lot of these guys that go to North Carolina, they end up coming out with, with four or five pitches, and that's basically JBB's situation. And uh, he's pulling it all together. He's cruising through the minors. Uh, I think he's a guy who's going to put himself solidly in the middle of our rotation uh, within a year, certainly within two years, and possibly this year so. Excited for him and excited to continue to see his progress. Todd Callis, Jeff Blum, Jeff Luno, as we bring you our first Astro line of the 2018-19 offseason from Pluckers on Shepard. Also here in the house is social media guru Danny Ferris and Lauren Blackwell, in-game host and also host of All Access for the Astros. So they'll be around and uh, we have questions. Shooting stars are here. Uh, if you have any questions, they'll be around to get your, your questions to Jeff Luno during the first three segments of this show. Astros coming off a 103 and 59 season. Almost 3 million fans showed up at Minute Maid Park. Obviously, you ran into a buzzsaw with the Boston Red Sox, but prior to that, I mean, looking back on 18, what a group of athletes you had on the field on a regular basis. I agree with you. I think we had a better team in 18 than the team that won the World Series in 17, and not just because of Garrett Cole, but you know, a lot of guys. Bregman was having an MVP caliber year. And we won, obviously, 103 games. I think we could have won more than that. We rolled right through Cleveland, but we hit a team that was hot, that, that was playing well, 
we had a couple breaks go against us, and our guys were running out of gas. So a lot of credit to the Boston Red Sox for Did what they did. Did you just say Joe West? <laughs> I mean, oh, sorry. I think I, <laughs> you can read that between the lines <laughs> however you want. But, but break, breaks in 17. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. No doubt. The Astros. I, I really thought that the Boston Red Sox were very similar to the run that the two, 2017 Astros had, that everything was going right. It they felt were playing like extremely it. well, yeah. and the breaks were going their way. It felt like it. Uh, they didn't get challenged enough. I mean, we went to two seven-game series to win ours. But <laughs> yeah. uh, nonetheless, you know, it sets up for a really nice year next year. We know Boston's going to be good. New York is getting better. Uh, Tampa's going to be there. Oakland's going to be there. Uh, Cleveland's going to be there. So, We'll have some strong teams in the American League again, but we're, we're counting on ourselves being one of those. And speaking to next season, this the 2017-18 offseason was the shortest in Major League history. Do you think, even though they got knocked out early, do you think they'll benefit from having the extra time off and building up to this next season? No, I would have preferred to have played the extra uh, <laughs> number of games. Um, our guys are pretty good at taking care of themselves, and now that our veteran players like Springer and Altuve have, have gotten used to exactly how they need to take care of themselves, you know, I know Altuve was at the Rockets game last night, courtside with Jim and Whitney, and he's heading off to a Europe vacation here shortly. Um, so he'll get some downtime. He'll recuperate. But uh, no one's going to be hungrier to prove that, that, that he's ready to go than Altuve next year. And, and, and same thing with Springer, and we know Bregman's going to be ready. So I'm just excited. I can't wait till spring training. Before we take our first break with Jeff Luna on our first Astro Line show, you are mentioning contenders in the American League, and it seems like the last couple of years, maybe more so in this league than in the National League, there have been a separation of classes, and there's more super teams now than we've seen before. Uh, elite teams, three teams winning 100 games or more. Do you see that as a very realistic possibility next year? And it seems like that makes life a lot more difficult to try and get back to a World Series. Well, it does, but it, it does mean, I think we're going to be one of those teams. I think Cleveland, um, you know, unless they trade a bunch of their guys in New York and Boston, so that same group essentially next year. Um, the, the National League's getting much more strong. I mean, they're getting teams like Atlanta and Philadelphia and Milwaukee, and there's just more teams in the mix. That's going to happen to us as soon as the White Sox and, and the, the Royals and all these teams that are currently regrouping for the future start to get good again. But we better take advantage of this situation that right now it does mean when you get to the postseason, you're facing other 100-win teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox. But, hey, in order to win, you got to beat all those good teams. All right, we will have plenty more coming up on our first Astro Line show presented by the Carbach Brewing Company, live from Plucker's Wing Bar, downtown Houston, 1400 Shepherd Drive. That's where we are. We'll be back with Jeff Blum, Jeff Luno, and the entire crowd here right after this on the Houston Astros Radio Network. We welcome you back. This is Astroline, the official off-season hot stove show of the Houston Astros presented by Carbach Brewing Company. We are live from Plucker's Wing Bar on 1400 Shepherd in downtown Houston. Todd Callis alongside Jeff Blum. Jeff Luno is joining us as our first guest of the 18-19 off-season. One of the moves that has impacted a, an Astro that was a world champion and uh, also played through some injuries last year is that Brian McCann recently signed with the Atlanta Braves, going back home, if you will, his first team, and he lives in that area. And all the reaction on Twitter from his teammates was amazing. It was an outpouring of love from Colin McHugh to Lance McCullers Jr. to, to Josh Reddick and others. And the other reaction on Twitter was that <laughs> we're not going to have any more calls from Blummer like this. Can no. sends one high and deep to right field, sending the shields to the wall. He leaps up. It's gone. McKinney. Brian McCann's third home run of the season, and the Astros lead it 2-1. We had to do that one last time, oh, Blummer. Love it. I'm glad. I'm going to have to steal that audio. I'm going to have to email that to me. I'm going to have to have that uh, running throughout the house. 
That ha- uh, that was that got a lot of legs. It, it really did. I had no idea, but I mean, it's also a, a part of uh, you know affection for Ron Burgundy <laughs> comments too. But it kind of it kind of snowballed and ha- it became its own thing. But yeah, I'm gonna miss Brian McCann. I love the fact that everybody tweeted about how well they loved him and the addition he was to that ball club in 2017. Um, Jeff, you know that a lot of baseball is analytics, but there is a small little smidge in that clubhouse where those guys can actually have an effect and enhance the analytics by having those guys believe in their talent. No doubt. And it's the reason, one of the reasons we traded for Brian McCann. It's also the reason we signed Carlos Beltran. And it's the reason we're probably going to get a couple more guys like that because they do a lot beyond just their abilities on the field. Now they've got to be able to play. And McCann was a great contributor to our World Series run and uh, really was a good player while he was here. Uh, but who knows, Blummer, if we face Atlanta Braves in that the World Series, concern. maybe you'll get a chance to, to <laughs> use that one I don't want to be screaming McCannonball no, no. when he's wearing that Braves <laughs> uniform at all. I'm going to take that away, and uh, that, that's not going to be a good thing. He's such a solid individual. He texted me within a couple minutes of the news breaking and, and thanked me for the opportunity here. I mean, who does that? Yeah, that, that, that pretty that much explains it all yeah. about Brian McCann. He is a true professional. Well, that, that goes full circle because the story that we've been told, and I think it's true, AJ told us, so it must be true, but that, <laughs> but that McCann was, when he first acquired, was acquired, he was on the phone with AJ yeah. saying, I need to start watching videos like the next day. Yeah. So that's full circle. He, he's acquired, you bring him to Houston, He's on the video the first day. He's an Astro, and then he, he texts you when he's gone. That was a pretty, pretty incredible two-year run he had with Yeah, his. great guy. We're going to miss him, um, and he's, he's always going to be a part of Astro's history. That's what I told him when I texted him back. But that begs the question. Catching. You yeah. talked about it being a need for the Houston Astros. Internally, we just saw Garrett Stubbs, a young man, be put on the 40-man roster. Yep. Not going to be immediate next year, but a possibility in the future because of the roster. It makes the roster moves a little bit easier. But what is on the radar for the Houston Astros and catching? Well, uh, Stubbs is a guy that has three options, so he'll be able to come up and down when we need him. Uh, we uh, claimed a guy named Chris Herman, yep. and um, we've got until tomorrow to work out a deal with him or tender him, and we'll see what happens there. Um, he's from this area. I think he went to Tomball and mm-hmm. hit a big home run to put us <laughs> into the playoffs this yep. year for another team. So, um, And he's actually a good catcher, and he can hit a little bit, so we're, we're happy to have him as our inventory. And, you know, Stassi had such a great first half and really petered out a little bit on the second half. But um, now that he's done that, I think he's going to come back and be strong. Um, that being said, it is it is our priority to be out there looking for catchers. There's some good free agent catchers out there uh, that we've talked to. There's some a uh, lot of rumored names, one in particular about you know the big catchers that might be available via trade. And we're having conversations with just about every team that has a catcher that we'd be interested in. Uh, I don't know if anything's going to happen quickly, but... I do think that come opening day, uh, there'll be someone on our team that's a receiver that, that's not on our team right now. One of the other pieces of the puzzle that has been so instrumental in this transition from early in your career as the GM until now has been Marwin Gonzalez. Yep. And replacing him is almost like replacing two guys. Yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> you really can't, right? Yeah. Um, when you look at what Marwin did, not only did he allow you the flexibility to maybe have an extra bullpen arm and a three-man bench, you really haven't had the H's that also played very often in the field, whether right. you go to Carlos Beltran or, or Evan Gaddis and Tyler White last year. Is that necessary more so next year to find a DH who has that versatility of playing in the field? Well, I think our guys, you know, you got Tyler White who can DH and play first base. you got J.D. Davis who can DH and play third base. And, and also using that DH spot as a way to give guys a breather and let Altuve hit without playing in the field. I mean, I... You know, we're going to have to look hard at that, all that stuff because our guys were kind of petered out at the end and, and maybe giving them – A.J. did a really good job of resting them when he could. 
uh, but maybe a few more days at DH. You know, that being said, you can't replace a guy like Marwin Gonzalez. He was so valuable to us in so many ways, and he's been with us since the day. My, within a couple hours of me being named GM, that was one of the first moves that, uh, that I made, and it worked out really well for us. Uh, we do think that Diaz, who is uh, hopefully going to be on the show later, yep. um, is a uh, really good player to add to our inventory of players. Now, he's not the same as Marwin. Um, he does play shortstop, which is something we were prioritizing. He doesn't, he doesn't only played outfield once or twice. Uh, but he's, he's a good player that if we don't get a guy like Marwin, we have Diaz. And I think Diaz can really fit into our roster and give us some flexibility that we need. Aledmus Diaz will be joining us later on in the show, acquired from the Toronto Blue Jays with the Cardinals prior to that. A, a guy, as you said, who plays mostly shortstop, play, has started at third base as well. Uh, you kind of have a lot of inner changeable parts within your infield now with Yuli's ability yeah. and Alex Bregman's ability to kind of move around a little bit. We do. I mean, Bregman can play pretty much anywhere. We've got Yuli can play first and third and even second and short in a pinch. Tyler, uh, Kemp can play second if he needs to. Um, so having three guys plus that can play shortstop gives you a lot of flexibility. And all of them can hit, which is the nice part. So AJ likes to be able to look at the lineup and, and each day, uh, each night before the next game and try and figure out you know, how's he going to get the runs and how's he going to give guys rest and move guys around? And we're going to have enough of players to do that with. And Diaz is going to be part of that mix. You've created a very unique model here for, for, the, for the team of Houston. And a lot of other GMs are looking at what you're doing with the Houston Astros. And talking about a guy like Marwin Gonzalez, who is highly athletic, and talking about Yuli, who's highly athletic, and guys that can move around a little bit. Are you, are you seeing maybe a little more influx of the athlete coming into baseball? And GM's thinking that way. If I bring in a good enough athlete, I can create a position for him? I do think so. We're seeing that. Uh, our scouting departments are looking for that. We've got different ways to evaluate athleticism today than we've ever had before using videos and other technologies. And it's always been a priority. Athletes have had an advantage over non-athletes in baseball forever. Even pitchers that are athletes have advantage. And Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, those guys are... are elite athletes, even yep. though they're pitchers and aren't expected to run around a whole lot. Um, and, and we do prioritize it. I think also a difference is, you know, these guys are standing in different spots than they ever have before. And so even your third baseman is playing shortstop like 20 to 30% of the time. Your shortstop's playing second base, tw you know, 20 to 30% of the time. They're playing in different spots. They're having to make throws from different spots. They're having to get used to uncomfortable situations that they've never been in before, turning double plays from weird spots. Um, and so the more they're athletic and can learn to uh, adapt, guys like Marwin, guys like Bregman, uh, it makes it a lot easier on us. It absolutely does. How about in the outfield? You've got some young talent. I know we, everybody wants to go out on the free agent market, make the big steal and sign a big contract or make the big trade. But you actually have a lot of, of guys internally that you can go to. Left field, we had a chance to see Kyle Tucker quite a bit. But we saw a brief glimpse of Miles Straw out yeah. there in left field. Did he, did he maybe not change your mind, but maybe pique your interest a little bit more out there in left field? No question. He not only piqued our interest, he piqued the interest of 29 other clubs. <laughs> there you go. to be asking about him an awful lot. That's but, interesting. You know, we've got Jake out there. Um, we've got Springer. We've got Reddick. Uh, we have Miles Straw. We have Tucker. We have Fisher. We've got Kemp. We've got a lot of really good players that can mix and match out there. We can't keep them all on the roster, so we're going to have to be smart about it. But uh, certainly having a young athlete like Miles Straw, and he's an elite athlete. He can run faster than just about anybody in, in organized baseball. Um, but what the thing that, that he did this year is he started to hit. He started to make contact and hard contact and drive the ball a little bit. And if he's a 
kind of like Jake. I mean, all he really has to do to have value in the big leagues, yeah. play good defense, run well, and hit, you know, 230 with some occasional pop. And that's, that's enough to stay on a roster. I think, I think his ceiling is much higher than that. Those will be some of the topics that are addressed for spring training 2019, which gets underway in just 86 days. Make plans now to see your Houston Astros in action as the 2019 spring training schedule starts February 23rd at the 15 ballpark of the Palm Beaches. For the best way to experience Florida, visit thepalmbeaches.com. Todd Callis, Jeff Blum, Jeff Luno talking Astros baseball on our first Astro line broadcast of the offseason. Uh, we were just talking about the outfield, and I asked you about handedness earlier with regards to the starting rotation. Right now, as we sit here at the end of November, other than Josh Reddick, there's really no definitive left-hand hitter in your opening day lineup. Is that important? Is that an advantage for those guys that you mentioned? Are you looking to try and mix, you know, balance out that lineup? Yeah, the, the lineup's uh, more important to balance out because you want to have righties and lefties and to avoid those pockets with, of one side. And, I, you know, between Tucker and Fisher and Kemp, we've got three guys that are going to be fighting for one or two spots, and they're all three left-handed hitters. Obviously, Reddick is as well. Um, you know, Springer, Marisnik, and, and Straw are all right-handed. So I think we'll end up with a good mix regardless of which, one of the, which group we, we take. You had the general manager meetings already, and then about a week and a half you'll be at the baseball winter meetings. It, it was the dialogue at the general manager meetings healthy enough that you feel like there's going to be some solid dialogue coming up. There will be, and I expect the winter meetings, as usually does, will act as a catalyst to uh, lubricate transactions because we're all talking. I mean, I, I was on the phone with five different general managers today and a couple different agents, so the, the communication never stops. I mean, there's so many different ways we can communicate these days, and we do. <laughs> Uh, that being said, being in the same place, although Vegas, who knows? We might be all out playing blackjack and <laughs> miss our opportunities. But, Speaking uh, of deals, you know, yeah. When, when they put all of us in a hotel together, uh, you know, even though we may not even see each other, we at least like feel like we should call each other and text each other and <laughs> more things get done. So I, I expect there to be a high volume of transactions at the winter meetings. Uh, whether or not we're involved in it, who knows? Some years we've, come, we've been, done a lot of deals there. Um, other years we've come out of there with nothing, but usually uh, that means to something's coming in end of December or January. It's going to be an interesting winter meetings for you because you're going to start to see some of your guys yeah. sitting across from you a little bit and maybe having some of that dialogue. Tell us a little bit about some of the movement because we know Michael Elias left. What does that mean to you? Because you've created such an animal here in Houston that yeah. people are starting to go, I'm going to go get a piece of that and bring them over to my organization. What does that mean to you? Well, it's, it's a compliment to how we develop our own talent, not just the players, but also coaches, scouts, front office executives. And it is flattering. It creates a lot of work for me during the offseason. I've spent a large part of the last four weeks uh, hiring people and replacing people and figuring out new roles. Fortunately, we're really good at finding elite talent to develop for front office and coaching and scouting roles. And we have more, we have an abundance of them, which is why we don't really skip a beat when someone like Mike, who's super talented, goes to run the Baltimore Orioles and he takes SIG with them. And, you know, that's just the beginning. Last year we lost Cora and CB to Boston. And, you know, our coaching staff, three of our coaches uh, left between Hudge and Albert and White. Uh, but we were fortunate we were able to fill most of those spots internally because we have really good coaches in the minor leagues, guys like Troy Snitger, guys like uh, uh, Miller, who we can bring up as a bullpen coach. Uh, we can move um, Cintron from first to hitting coach. I mean, it's, it's really given us a tremendous amount of flexibility where we don't have to go out and hire someone and train them on the Astros' way of doing things. But it has been a little stressful for me this offseason, but it's uh, part of, uh, like you said, sometimes you're successful and 
uh, other people see it and they want to get a piece of it. And the best way to get a piece of it is to hire some of your people. And the Milwaukee Brewers went out and Absolutely. hired David Stearns a couple yeah. years ago, and he went to the uh, NLCS. Yeah. How does that make critique his development a little bit with Milwaukee and then talk a little bit about what they were doing in Milwaukee with that bullpenning situation and what your thoughts are on that. Well, he's done a tremendous job. I mean, the trade for Christian Yelich coming in and being an MVP and, and getting to the NLCS probably a year ahead of plan. Uh, you know, I, I, I would love to take credit and say it's all the stuff he learned from me and from us, but the reality is David Stearns is really smart and he surrounded himself with really capable people and uh, they did a great job last year, and I, they're going to be a force in that division for years to come. And uh, watch out, Elias and his group. It's it might be a few years. They're going to go through the, some of the tough years like we did here. But once they get good, they're going to be good, really something to contend with. And I'm glad that they're going to be New York and Boston's problem, and we just have to face the winner <laughs> of whoever comes out of that division. That is Jeff Luno. This is Astro Line, the official offseason show of your Houston Astros. Join tonight's conversation by using the hashtag Astro Line on social media. Danny Ferris is here, and he is checking out your questions. You can post your comments on Facebook Live, and we will have some answers for you as well. We will have more with Jeff Lum, Jeff Luno, and the entire crowd here at Pluckers Wing Bar in downtown Houston after this on the Houston Astros Radio Network. Welcome back, Astro Line. The offseason a hot stove show. The Houston Astros continues on a Thursday night. Glad he could join us. We are live from Plucker's Wing Bar. And our show, as always, presented by the Carbach Brewing Company. I'm Todd Callis alongside my TV cohort, Jeff Blum, and also the general manager and president of baseball operations, Jeff Luno, joining us. Also here, Danny Ferris from the Houston Astros doing social media. Lauren Blackwell does a great job at Minute Maid Park and on Astros All Access. In fact, here's a clip of Lauren talking with A.J. right after the season about some of the young guys on the Houston Astros roster who could make an impact next year. You have this core of young guys, Miles Straw, Josh James, guys that we got to see throughout the season. What can we expect from these guys? Yeah, they're going to have to fight to make our team. You know, we, we have a couple of pending free agents that we're going to have to work through, and, and do they come back? Do we find somebody different? But I think what you found, and, and we saw it with Kyle Tucker and Derek Fisher, two really promising left-handed bats in the outfield, come up if you don't. Uh, have the performance right now where we, the patience is a little less right now because of the uh, the standard of trying to win the World Series. The the these young pitch you know pitchers Framber Valdez, Josh mm -hmm. James. Um, we see what Forrest Whitley is doing in the fall league. There's going to be names that are going to come and push our other guys uh, for roster spots. And you know no team is ever the same. Unfortunately, we're we're going to have some nameplates change in the clubhouse and. Um, some new faces, but the, the, when the opportunity presents itself for those that came up, Tyler White, Tony Kemp, Miles Straw, Josh James, Framber Valdez, uh, they got a taste of what's possible at this level, and they're going to come compete. A.J. Hinch with Lauren Blackwell. You can check out Astros All Access throughout the offseason. And also we mentioned Danny Ferris here with us. And Danny, the manager of Astros Social Media, makes this an interactive show as the fans can ask questions through social media. Danny, what do you have for us? Yeah, so we're streaming live on Facebook. A lot of these comments are coming through. A lot of great recommendations on who to sign and I'm who sure. to trade for. A lot of trade packages thrown around there. But, a lot uh, of GMs out there. Yeah, exactly. A couple, <laughs> a couple things coming through. Um, Gina actually says, Henry says, hi, Daddy. So oh, okay, nice. There you go. <laughs> All right, my she wife is listening. The, yeah, that? she's listening there. <laughs> um, but one question that came through from Dakota on Facebook is, how far away is Forrest Whitley from making the team? Where do you see this offseason progressing for him? And what's his expectation for 2019? Well, he's from Alamo Heights High School down in San Antonio, Texas. He's actually working out here in Houston this summer, I mean, this uh, offseason. 
Uh, he's very close. What he showed in the fall league was just absolute dominance with elite stuff. We've always known that his stuff was ready for the big leagues, and it was just a matter of him getting enough experience. And quite frankly, I'd be surprised if he wasn't on this team by the end of the year. Doesn't mean he's going to make, he's going to have a shot to make it opening day, but he's going to have to work hard. Uh, but if he's not on this team by September 1st, I think something's probably, he's had some sort of setback. Friday is an interesting day for you because it's a non-tender. Can you explain a little bit what the non-tender is and some of the names you're going to be dealing with tomorrow in making those calls? Yeah, we've got 11 guys, people that are going through the arbitration process, and you have a chance to say, you know what, we're not going to do Because once you tender them, you're going to sign them. They're on your team, and it's just a matter of going through arbitration to figure out the salary. Uh, but fortunately for us, we've got really good players. I, I don't expect any non-tenders tomorrow. Of course, we've still got some time, so I leave myself a little wiggle room in case <laughs> there's something that happens. But... Um, at this point, we've got, we've got really good young players that are under control, um, and we want them back, and it's just a matter of going through the arbitration process or agreeing with them on a contract prior to doing that. A couple of guys that are maybe younger. I know Garrett Cole's on that non-tender list, uh, but another name that kind of piqued my interest a little bit was Alex Bregman after the year he had, and a lot of these ball clubs will find that good young talent. They'll try and lock them in through that yeah. free agency year, and like you said, to keep the club control as long as you can. Yeah. Is, is there the potential for any kind of conversation? I know the conversation can be there, but is there any, is there any uh, indication that you might be able to pull that off with some of these guys? Well, you know, it takes both sides wanting to make a deal for a deal to happen, and we've done it. We have did it in the case of Altuve twice. Um, there are opportunities for us to potentially buy out some of the arbitration years, potentially buy out some free agent years, and um, suffice it to say that we, it, we test the waters with, just about every one of our core players and their representatives to see if there's interest there. Um, and typically, if there is, we'll, we'll work hard to try and get something done. It doesn't always get done, but it, obviously in the case of Altuve, it did. And, you know, would I love to keep this core together for the next five to seven years? Absolutely. Uh, is it going to happen? No, but some of them will stay here for that time. So, um, you know, who knows? It could be Bregman, could be Springer, could be Correa, could be um, McCullers, could be any one of those guys. We mentioned earlier some of the people in the front office who are now with other teams and it, when that happens you have to bring in some new blood and you have from different teams Essen Bokari comes over from the Dodgers Sarah, Sarah Gellis from the Orioles uh, can you speak as you get ready for the winter meetings where I guess you guys will all be going over together yeah. as how many more candidates are there now that are the kind of people you're looking for that are analytics driven and speak your the language that you're interested in maybe more so than there ever was when you first started this whole process. There are. There's so many talented people in front offices across baseball today. And, you know, Essen is a great example. Sarah's a great example. They both have real baseball experience working for other clubs, and yet they're super smart. They, uh, they really bought into the vision that we have here, and we were able to get them uh, to come over here and replace some people that we lost. So we're really happy to have them both as additions. And the reality is there are more talented young people who maybe didn't play the game or played it to a certain level and didn't play professionally, but have a passion for baseball, have a passion for science, have a passion for math, have a passion for physics or whatever, medical science, whatever it is, that, that realize that there are opportunities in baseball today. And I encourage young people, if you love sports, but you also are good at something else, um, give it a shot. Try it out because there are more jobs in baseball today for diverse candidates and not just you know ethnicity and females but also people with just different backgrounds different educational backgrounds um, and it's great to be able to pull these people together and bring them in 
And it's a crew that we know, at least at the very top, is going to be together for a while. You were extended this past year, so was A.J. Hinch. Uh, the excitement level you feel knowing you've already accomplished something that many people still aspire to and knowing what might come in the future, knowing, I mean, that's a nice little uh, amount of time you guys know you'll have together here. Well, I'm glad AJ and I are going to be together and, and Jim, and there's a lot of folks. I mean, Brandon Taubman, we just promoted him to assistant general manager last year, and he's going to be with us for a while. We're going to keep our, our core front office and coaching staff together as well. And I'm excited. We made some, you know, we made one new addition to our coaching staff, Donnie Kelly, who's uh, played with Verlander before. He's an awesome individual. You guys are going to love him. I'm sure you're going to ask to interview him. <laughs> um, and, and keeping this court together for us is, is huge. But, you know, just because we won a World Series in 2017, that was awesome. That was in 2017. Boy, we're only focused on 2019. And the last thing we're going to do is say, oh, we got one in the past, so we can skate for the next two years. We're exactly the opposite. Our whole mindset is, we're paranoid about doing everything we can to maintain our competitive advantage, win every game we can, and win it again. It was so much fun, and we want to do it again as soon as possible. Well, three out of four postseasons, uh, two of the three biggest win totals in the history of the Astros organization the last two years. Jeff, we can't wait to see what the next chapter has. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me on, guys. No, it's always good having you on. We really appreciate the time. Sure. Jeff Luno, everybody, joining us on our first Astro Line presented by Carbach Brewing Company. We continue to broadcast live from Plucker's Wing Bar in downtown Houston. We're at 1400 Shepherd Drive. We'll be right back with the newest Astro, Miss Diaz, after this on the Houston Astros Radio Network. Welcome back to Astro Line. Official Hot Stove Show, the Houston Astros, presented by Carbock Brewing Company. Todd Callis, Jeff Blum. We are glad to be joined by Jeff Luno for the first three segments. We are live from the Pluckers Wing Bar in downtown Houston. 2019 Astros season tickets are on sale now. Enjoy some of the best seats and exclusive benefits throughout the year at Minute Maid Park. For tickets and for more information, visit astros.com slash season tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS today. When Jeff Luno was on with us, he mentioned the one offseason move so far. Obviously, more to come uh, shortly for the Astros. But they did acquire an infielder who started his career where Jeff Luno did with the St. Louis Cardinals and then moved to the Toronto Blue Jays last year. And he's the newest Houston Astro, and he's joining us here on our first Astro Line offseason show of the year. We welcome uh, Aledmus Diaz to the program. Aledmus, how you doing? Welcome to the Houston Astros. Oh, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. You were with the Blue Jays last year. You played with Lourdes Gurriel, Jr. Now you'll get a chance to play with Yuli Gurriel. I think you'll be the first to play with the Gurriel brothers. Are you looking forward to these Cuban compadres being your teammates? Um, uh, baseball family in Cuba. So I'm just excited to join him on this great team, you know? Aledmus, this is Jeff Blum, and it's good to have you on. Welcome to the Astros again. I want to know what being a player playing against the Astros. What was your uh, impression of Astro baseball? Oh, it's uh, it's unbelievable. And uh, have a team, you know, like they play like great defense. You know, they have they have a great staff, uh, fishing staff. You know, like they do everything uh, good. You know, on, on the field, and uh, you can uh, you can know, you know, the way that they play the game. You know, they play the game the right way, and uh, it's exciting to this team. You know. Ledmus Diaz joining us on the phone. He is from Santa Clara, Cuba. You were mentioning how the, the Gurriel family is beloved in Cuba and how they are baseball royalty. The two of us read about it, but having lived it, what is that family like with Lourdes Sr. Uh, being kind of the patriarch? What, what's it like to be a Gurriel in Cuba? 
uh, you know, like we, you, I grow up, you know, like look at his father, you know, like uh, the way he played baseball, you know. I think that baseball in the 80s in Cuba was one of the best, uh, uh, you know, like uh, 10 years in baseball in Cuba, you know, and uh, we have be part of that, you know, that uh, great Cuban team, you know, like they win everything, you know, that 80s, 90s, early 2000s, you know, so I was just a fan of, uh, you know, that he like a, like a player, you know, and I have the chance to play with uh we could really feel that he's a great player. So it was great, you know, growing up, uh, look at that type of player, you know. We just had Jeff Luno on the show before Ledmus Diaz, now Ledmus on the phone with us. And he said that the reason you're over here is because you play a very good shortstop. We've also looked into the numbers, and you've played 42 games at third base, two games at second base, and only have three games out in the outfield. How comfortable are you moving around the infield and possibly playing a little bit of the outfield for the Houston Astros? I feel, I feel good, you know, I have the chance, you know, like uh, the last couple of years, you know, be able to play shortstop on third base and some second base. I had the chance to, you know, to play a little bit in the outfielder. So, it's, uh, you know, it's a, bit of, a little bit of a challenge, you know, like be able to play all around the, 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 the infield and a little bit the outfielder. But at the same time, you know, I feel, I feel good, you know, I feel comfortable. I feel like if you do it like every day, you know, and uh, uh, you work out, you know, like the second base or the stop or the baseman, even a little bit of the outfielder. And I, I think, like, you know, even the spring training this year, I have a chance to play a little more in the left field. I, I don't feel comfortable, you know. Let Miss Diaz joining us. Baseball's uh, spring training will start here for the Astros in less than three months. And uh, Led Miss and his wife, and last year for Players Weekend, you, you wore Papito as a little tribute to your son and uh, reminding everybody how important baseball is as a family sport. Do the three of you still live in West Palm Beach? Yeah, actually, I live like a 20 minutes from the complex. So <laughs> as soon as I, I you know, like they, they call me and say, well, that's, that's great. You know, I have the chance to be, uh, you know, more time with my family, you know, here. And uh, West Palm, it's, uh, it's going to be great. I got a question. As long as we're talking about jerseys, do you know what number you're going to be yet? Uh, not yet, not yet. That's uh, one of the things I'm going to make here, you know, maybe the, the next month. <laughs> and my next question is, if, if you had to pick a locker mate on the Houston Astros, who would that locker mate be? You can't, uh, say, you know, Yuli. Like, you can't say Yuli. I think, like, you know, like, you know, I played with Houston before, you know, I get them, and uh, I know, like, you know, like, they are great guys, you know, so no matter what they told me, you know, it's going to be great for me, you know, even, like, uh, noise, uh, noise, uh, be able to you know, I know, uh, new teammates. So I don't, I don't care, you know. I just uh, it'll be wanna be fun, some those guys. So I don't, I don't care what they put me in the lottery, you know. But so that'll be happy. Aledmus, thank you so much for joining us, and it's great for you. You don't have to get your mail forwarded the entire month of February and March. You'll be at home uh, for that time. So we look forward to meeting you in person in West Palm Beach, and we're really looking forward to what you can do as a Houston Astro. Thank you so much. Best of luck to you, Aledmus. That is Aledmus Diaz joining us on the phone. He is a 28-year-old infielder. Uh, He may get a chance to play in the outfield. We'll find out as a person who was primarily an infielder and tried to transition to the outfield. What Marwin does is a lot tougher than people realize playing infield and outfield. No, and absolutely. And we got spoiled rotten watching Marwin go out and do what he does. It's one thing to be able to play around the infield. I was very comfortable playing first, second, third, and short. Uh, When the ball was on the ground, I was at my happiest. When that ball got in the air and it was in the outfield, I was in a little bit of a panic mode. And the thing about Marwin is he moved to left field and did it with ease. He tracked the ball down. He's very athletic. And the thing that really jumped out to me is his arm. 
I mean, he was an absolute threat out there in the outfield. If you were a third base coach and Marwin was in left field, you didn't say there's an infielder playing the outfield. You said that guy has got an absolute cannon. I got to be careful when when I send guys home, and he's going to be tough to uh, replace. And like you talked earlier with Jeff Luno, it's uh, Aledmus Diaz is just a right-handed hitter. Marwin Gonzalez, a switch hitter, he, and he was a threat from both sides of the plate. So you're right. They've got to find some left-handed thump maybe to be on that bench that can be a threat. This is uh, We're in the final couple of minutes here of our first Astro Line show, and before we go, Blummer, we mentioned at the top you know, what's going on in the offseason for us. You, you've got a new <laughs> venture happening, huh? Tell us yeah, about I, I finally pulled the trigger. <laughs> I appreciate you bringing it up, and everybody's been great about it. Uh, I've got a pretty good, pretty good following on Twitter, and they've kind of encouraged me a little bit, and I want to be involved too. I want to stay relevant and be able to have an opinion about some of the moves that are going on. So I created a prod podcast uh, called Bleacher Blum. It's on iTunes and a lot of other platforms. Feel free to check it out, subscribe. Uh, but it's, it, I want to stay involved with the Astros' uh, moves. I want to have my opinion on their moves. But I also brought in a good friend to maybe have a little more banter outside of the game of baseball and outside of the Astros and talk about some things and show some versatility and have some fun with it. But if you know as well as I do that we're going to have a lot of fun on there uh, talking a little bit of smack every once in a while and uh, anticipate a possible, you know, TK appearance on yes. there if I'm lucky. The open was really well done. On yeah, the Matt Bolts. Podcast. Yeah. Matt Bolts, radio engineer, sitting right next to us, hooked me up big time. Yes, and uh, the font was at least two or three for that intro show. Hey, yeah. that's going to wrap up the first <laughs> Astro Line program. Blummer is going to be involved throughout the offseason. Yes. Uh, we're going to have Bill Brown involved at times, and then, of course, the radio guys. Steve Sparks, Robert Ford will be hosting, but TV boys held it down Dude, for show believe it. One. It's always good being back with you, TK, All right. other than on the golf course. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, Bleacher Blum, check it out uh, as the newest podcast, but that'll wrap up the show. Our thanks to Danny Ferris, our thanks to Lauren Blackwell, the shooting stars. Thank you for being here at Pluckers, Astro Shuttle Crew as well, and the Carbach Brewing Company for sponsoring the show. We will be with you one week from today for another Astro Line program live from Pluckers Wing Bar. For Bob Elliott back in the studios. Have a good night, everybody. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.